Hello, it's Beth Ferrister, and welcome to my podcast, The Art of Real Estate. This podcast will dive into my everyday life. After 40 years in this industry, I've been introduced to so many different people, places, and new adventures. Follow along to hear the stories, learn a few things, and have a good laugh in these short episodes with me and my friends. I'm here with Lyra Boland today, and Lyra is a student at John Cooper. She's a sophomore there, and she has a project to um, tell me, what is your project? It is a community profile where we go and and interview influential people within the community and the impacts they've made locally. Okay, well, I'm so honored that you chose me to do this, so let's just start. She sent a list of questions at first that I've kind of looked over, but Go ahead and start out, Lyra. Let's just start with the basics, where okay. you're born and raised. Where I was born and raised. Okay. I was born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee. My family were some early settlers there way, way, but way back when. So, yeah, it was a great place to grow up with lots of cousins around and things like that. So it was a great, I had a great childhood. That's a great cool. childhood, yes. And, any siblings? Or- yes, I have an older brother. And he'll be 80 this week, so we're planning on doing a, a something special for him because he's going to be turning 80. So, yeah, I have one, and he's in Austin, Texas. We all okay, seem to migrate, have migrated to Texas. And I was going off of, like, migrating to Texas. What made you settle in the woodland? Well, in 1981, my husband got transferred here with the company, and um, we had four children. So we looked all around Houston to find a a really good place to live. And at first we lived in Spring, which is just south of here. It was only later and I think 98 that we moved to the Woodlands. But um, this whole area just drew us up here because it's just such a great area and great homes and great family things to do. Mm-hmm. Very family oriented. So that's, that's why we moved up here. Perfect. And then could you tell me your education background? I went to, uh, well, of course, I went to I was in Tennessee and then ended up going to the University of Tennessee. And that's where I met my husband, Bob, who is from New York. But he came down to the engineering school at the University of Tennessee. So when we moved to Texas, I thought everybody was talking about the University of Tennessee because it kept talking about UT. And I'm like, yeah. But it was actually not. They were talking about the University of Texas, which is where all four of my children went. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then moving on to when and why did you... I mean, to like, what drew to that? Okay. Well, what drew me to becoming a realtor is when we moved here in 1981, we had a great realtor. And so that, I, I think I was impressed with her. And I had four children. Uh, it was a day of high interest rates, which made house payments high, four children to raise, and thinking, I've got to do something. <laughs> you know, so it was a matter that I really needed to go to work. And what did I want to do that I could still but I have some family time and, you know, take care of the children and something that I would be good at. And I'd always liked sales, and but I couldn't sell something that wasn't something somebody needed. So houses or what everybody needs, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to sell houses. So that's how it all started. What is it that you really, I know you just mentioned this, you know, selling something that people love. But like about real estate? Yeah. You know, one thing is you can do as well as you as you plan. I, when the kids were small, the book I read to them all the time was The Little Engine That Could. So that's something that you make your own success. 
And that's what I wanted to do to make my own success. But I love people and I love knowing about them. So as soon as I meet a person, if I'm helping them, I need to know everything about them, their family, where they came from, things you're asking me today, you know, same thing as that. So that's why I chose, you know, that's what I really love about real estate. Still after 40 years, still love it. Wow, 40 years of real estate. And so then going off of that, transitioning from like real estate to the to the coffee coffee. Well, I know your question says, why did you start Love Beans? And my thing is, why did I start Love Beans? <laughs> you know, that is definitely not anything that I knew about. My, my children and my grandchildren love coffee. I'm not even a big coffee drinker. So what happened was we were in this space here and the office, the space next door came available. And I didn't really want just anybody to be in the space. So I said, well, do I need to expand? Which I didn't at the time. So I thought I wanted to do something then for the community. So the coffee house, I said, well, start a coffee house. We don't have a coffee house. So I thought, okay, we'll start a coffee house and focus on charity. And it, it was a very rough ride. Let me tell you, a very rough ride for somebody who knew nothing about it. The design and the decorating, I had down to a science. I did all that. But trying to set up all these systems, and uh, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. So, and trying to get the right staff. So I now have the right staff. They're a great staff. And that has taken a lot of the burden off of me because it was just me trying to do it all. And I didn't really know what I was doing. So, um, like I said, it's been, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's easier now. It's definitely not a profit center. People say, do you give all your profits to charity? And I laugh. I'm like, uh, there are no profits, but we do give to charity. We do have charity. We give to a charity, a local charity each month, but it basically comes out of our pocket because the coffee house just hasn't gotten to a point where it'd be profitable. And I don't know that it ever will because it's a little community coffee house. So there's not a lot of expansion going, uh, going on and we can't have a drive through. So it's yeah. that. Well, I'd love like to know, I think 2019, right? Yeah. right before the pandemic. Right before the pandemic, right? That wasn't planned. I could tell you that. Yeah. No, that was a big, you know, ugh, that was hard too. It's it, that has probably been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is start. It was so much harder than starting real estate. Real estate, I started and just boom, I was successful almost immediately. Love bees has been a struggle, but a joy. It's been a joy that we have to be able to give it, get back. So we like that. And specifically during the pandemic, were there like specific challenges or just? Oh, yeah. Well, there were definitely challenges of, you know, the mask and who who wears the mask, who gets vaccinated, who does this, who does that. And people that came in or didn't want to come in. So, um, and just the loss of revenue. Yeah. I mean, it was a tough, tough time. So we did get one, one help from the PPP, you know, the government PPP. So we, that kind of helped us going during the first year. And we've operated at a loss ever since. But again... You know, we've been very, very blessed to have a successful real estate business to keep funding the coffee house. So, but it it, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy. And so then going from like the struggles that you face with Love Beans, like what goals do you have for Love, love Beans and even your real estate? Okay. Well, for Love Beans, I would just love for it to kind of break even sometimes. <laughs> that would be my goal. I don't have any great plans for Love Beans or to franchise love beans people are like why don't you franchise it and i'm like no go no 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 thank you don't want to do that i would just love to have it uh 
stay the way it is, but it would be nice if, you know, if it got to a level where we could even do more for charities. So we, we're pleased with what we're doing. As far as real estate, I have just taken on a huge, a huge goal here with joining the largest real estate company in New York who just started franchising themselves two years ago. They chose, they came to me and said, you are the culture that we like of quality, you know, but small. You know, we don't want to get big. We like these small companies that have quality. And my whole real estate team here, my agents are so good. They work together. They love each other. So we are on a huge expansion right now. So the real estate company, we hope to take Corcoran Ferrister throughout Texas. Oh, wow. We were asked to start Texas, and so we've opened this. We're trying to grow deep before we grow wide. So we're growing in, um, you know, going to get more agents here at our office, mm-hmm. but then we're going to be looking at other markets to open up, like Dallas and Austin. Yeah, all sorts of places. So we are growing, growing here, and Love Beats, we just hope it'll just keep moving along at a, at a slightly grow, growth uh place mm-hmm. so and i know that you know like you said love beans is very charitable gives back to the community so in like what ways or like specific organizations you- well we've worked with so many different organizations we have we're, we've worked but we do make them local mm-hmm. we want local organizations and not that we don't care about the heart association or dry diabetes i have a grandson with diabetes but we want to make it um we, we just feel like local is where we should be so we've worked with Love Foster's Hope, the Montgomery County Food Bank. We've worked with um, Interfaith is a huge partner of ours. And we sell some of their merchandise at Coffee House for them. Um, we have, um, I'm trying to think of all the ones we've had. I mean, we, we've had so many that we've worked with. Angel Reach, mm-hmm. I know you ask somewhere down here, what, if there's been one that means a lot to me. They all do, really. But the one I've probably worked with the most is Angel Reach. And it, uh, children, when they turn 18, they, they age out of the foster system. So there's no place for them to go if they, you know, if they don't have, have already gotten settled. 75% of the girls get pregnant. So Angel Reach takes care of those children when they get out of the foster system. And they will take them and try to get them on their feet. And I have seen that directly. And we've given so much, you know, they'll take clothes, they'll take anything they can. And right now they're starting a village to actually build houses up there and have little houses for the kids to get started. So that particular one we've done a lot of. We've done fundraisers in the evening for them and um, different things. So that's that's kind of near and dear to my heart. But they're all very important and have their own things that they are really. And I know that monthly markets, I have loved, like, you know, seeing all the local yeah. businesses coming together. So, like, could you give a little brief description of sure. what they are? The monthly markets, what we do is we we reach out to local vendors, or they reach out to us now a lot. And we're very picky about what they have. We don't want them just coming and reselling something that they bought. We We prefer that they're artisans themselves. So they come each month, and we charge each one of them. I think it's 40, it's a minimum fee, $40. And they, um, they come and bring their, that, so the $40 that they give goes to the charity. And then our profits that day from um, our merchandise and actually other things too goes to the, the charity. So that's really where we earn most of our money to give to the charities is at the markets. 
it's we don't get a percentage of what they sell. That's all theirs. We just have a fee for them coming that goes directly to our charities. It's perfect. That's a I think I love going to them, you know. Yeah, they're fun. Like all the local vendors and it's a great way to like bring the community together. Oh, it is. And there's so many great things they bring too. I mean, I love to go through there too. They have so many great mm-hmm. products. And we get people asking all the time, but we don't have a lot of room to have yeah. too many more. And it's great. Yes. Because I've seen like dogs too, you know, it's a yes. nice one for your room. Yeah, it's a, this whole place is like that. I mean, it's like kids walking around, people walking around computer people working on their computers at the mm-hmm. coffee house it's just a great feeling yeah like yesterday after school i came to my friend to love beans did you stop it it's cool it's just a great atmosphere just like focus and just you know get stuff done oh it's a fun place we have a group of uh vets old vets that were in the vietnam war they come almost every morning and sit mm-hmm. in the back room and they are hysterical they're hysterical but uh and they're always like Beth, come here talk to me for a while i'm always in a hurry i'm like okay i'll talk to you for a little while but they're super super everybody over there is super and then you know going into real estate do you have any advice on women opening a business or going into into any kind of thing well you know i mean it's the same kind of focus that you would have as a man but I would I would say to check all the opportunities there are for women because the government has some things I've never used them, but they do have some loans and different things that kind of favor women in business. And frankly, when Corcoran came to me, one of the reasons they came to me because was because I was a women owned business, and because I have this business um, franchising with them, I got an incentive for being a, a woman. So they're very focused on women run business because they're run by a woman. Yeah. They were started by Barbara Corcoran, who is on Shark Tank, and she in night in the seventies, and she was an amazing, you know, person to set set the example for the company. And then it was taken over by another woman. So it's a very woman oriented oriented business. So I just say do what you do what you love, do it well, but you know, do take advantage of anything that is offered as a woman owned business. And then, you know, you've had lots of success in real estate. And so how do you measure success in your own life as well as like in the business? In the business? It's easier to, uh, you know, to measure your success in business, I guess, because it's always like you're a top producer, which I have always been, and, you know, top producer and you, you, you know, sold this much and everything. But to me, success is having the respect of everybody around you, not just clients, but other realtors and your own realtors. And one of the greatest things is when I'm out somewhere and and uh, someone introduced me to somebody or whatever, and they'll say, oh, you're Beth Ferrister. I've heard so many good things about you. That is when you know you're successful in business. I hope someday I don't see somebody that says, oh, you're Beth Ferrister. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, you know, I, I haven't run into that yet in my life. What I've done is, especially in the past years, as as I've reached, you know, an age where I need to start thinking about, I mean, I'm past retirement, but I'm not going to retire. I I tease my children, I'm going to live till I'm 110. (laughs) So, you know, but it does make you start thinking about your life and what have you done. And that's one reason that love being saying has been a hassle, but a Mm. joy. But I have very successful children who are happy. They're happy and they have great families. And to me, that's part of my life success. And if I leave a footprint, 
you know, I think that's the thing. What kind of a footprint do you leave in your life? Well, it's obviously your children, your grandchildren, but it's also the effect you've had on others. And, um, you know, my granddaughter will be joining the company here. She's graduated from Annie in May. And so she will be the young face of Ferrister. So that's also like a legacy I'm leaving mm-hmm. for Grace to carry on the name there. And then she's my family. So I feel I'm so blessed, Lyra. So blessed with so many things. A great family. We talk every day, no matter where everybody is, you know, all four kids. And it's just, and the, these people here are my people. Mm-hmm. You know, they have my heart. The staff at the coffee house, great. My agents, super. It's a tough business, but um, to have a group that you enjoy being with every day mm-hmm. is that's what success is. If Kylie would work for me, full, she's one of my agents now. Yeah. But uh, if she would work for me full time, I would pay her almost anything. I'm not kidding you. She is amazing. She's an angel. Plus, she's amazing. These systems with Corcoran, I want to tell you something. I mean, I'm like, I'm like a, a you know, a deer in a headlight. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And Corcoran has been so kind, knowing that I'm technically challenged. But Kylie knows it all, and she set up all these systems for us and everything. She's amazing, and she's helped with lovings, too. Oh, I got allergies this morning. But anyway, yeah, she's she's amazing. And she, you know, and Rylan is, too. Yeah. They, they've become great friends, although there's a big difference in those kids. There's six kids in that family. I know. So she obviously knows about um, babysitting because she was the oldest, and she babysat all her siblings all those years. And it's good keeping, like, those test people, you know. And, yeah, cause exactly. Well, now, you know, this weekend, for example, she's away on a, a she, she does a lot with her church and she has senior girls yeah. that she's in charge of. I've heard some stories. It's really kind of interesting, <laughs> but yeah, she's trying to do that for sure. So, yeah. And speaking like on the stress of just like the merge of Corcoran, you yeah. know, it must be like a lot. How do you deal with, you know, like that? With stress or with just all that? Well, I couldn't have done it without the help of a lot of people, including Kylie mostly, my husband. Even my children have like, Mom, what can I help you? We'll go into these systems and we'll help you, you know, learn them. But Corcoran has been so nurturing and helpful and everything. Um, it is it is stressful. I mean, it's stressful to try to get up each morning and think, oh, oh, okay, I've got to do this, 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 this. Plus, I carry on my own business, my own personal business, which is how I make my living. <laughs> you know, doing the real estate company is is more of a platform for me to do my business and to help the other agents. And I do a lot of mentoring. I have an agent now that's been with me for 27 years. I mentored her. She was a new agent 27 years ago, and I mentored her. And I have mentored so many agents that have become great agents. And some of them have flown the coop and done their own thing. But, you know, it was still rewarding that I've, yeah. So, but it is, it's a stressful job because you have people's lives in your hand. Can you find them a house? In today's market, no. <laughs> I mean, there's only a little over 100 listings in the Woodlands right now. Wow. And there's probably thousands of buyers that want to buy. Mm. So you, it's just, it's, so it's, it's very difficult. But like, I know that you said like expanding outside of the Woodlands and into other, how do you feel like you can keep a personal connection? With this and the others? Well, I have to have a lot of help. You know, a lot of help to do it, but that is my thing. I do have to keep a personal connection, and and I've learned that it can be done because, as I said, even the CEO of 
Corcoran in New York, Pam Ligman, I I can call her anytime. And she's got like thousands of agents. And you call Pam on her cell phone and she talks to you, you know. And so my goal is to be able to get to a point where I do have that is what I'm doing only is actually, you know, staying with the agents. But my husband does a lot of that, too. So I have him as a help, too. And then going to like just like a normal day in your life, you know, where you start, probably split time between things. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to plan a day in the life of a real estate agent. To tell you the truth, you'll be thinking, okay, this is a great day. I've got a nine o'clock appointment and then I'll be free for two hours and I'll do this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. You'll get a call like, I want to go see this house or, you know, a call to accompany one of your listings. I do, I do keep a list and I keep a calendar and I try to stay on task. But it's very, very difficult. And as far as, you know, we just juggle back and forth. I'm a little bit ADD, too, and so I'll just bounce it. I bounce easily from one thing to the next. So it's like, okay, turn off that switch, turn on the real estate switch, turn on the love bean switch, turn on the children's switch. Yeah, Yeah. but that's what I like. I don't like monotony. I like to be, like, surprise me. Every day is a new adventure. And then also, like, balancing, you know, family time and, you know. Well, as I said, we talk on the phone to each one of our children, four children, every day. So there's like, and we know which one's going to call just about at what time. I'm like, okay, we'll start a good show, you know, in the evening. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's time for Rory to call. Or has Shannon called yet? No, she'll call next. Or my son or even my my daughter in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Like I have to talk to her earlier in the day because it's later there. So it's like, you know, we'll check touch base with her. So there's Two hours a day, pretty much, that we're talking to our children, mm-hmm. which is good. And grandchildren, some, too. But it's so. good, you know, keeping that connection. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're way too close. Plus, we have a Ferrister family text that goes oh. on. We have a Ferrister agent text mm-hmm. that is even worse. It goes on so much that if you read one text, the next text is talking about something else, and then you got to go back and pick up the first text. <laughs> The Ferrister family text is really fun, too, and we keep up with everything, and they send funny things out. Mm. So, um, yeah, we just, we stay in touch with family. Family comes first, always, always. And then also, like, as a student, you know, support to stay organized and, you know, things together. Yes. Horace and times with. It's difficult. My whole family has, is a list, list makers. We make lists. And I know Corcoran is trying to get me on these Trello. Are you familiar with the Trello calendars and all these? Oh, my gosh. They are so confusing. And it's like, here, here's your Trello calendar. This is what you, these are the tasks you're to do this week. And then move them over to this box that they're completed. And I'm like, what? So I'll have it written on a piece of paper. And when I finish a task, I, just cross, I it cross it off. Yeah. And then I, I do use my Google calendar. But uh, organization is something that everybody has to do to be successful. I'm a messy organizer. I mean, I write notes and then I have to go back and think, where did I write that note? But it ends up being okay. I, I don't ever forget to do something pretty much. So it's 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 very important to be organized, especially in school. Yeah. You have to be organized. And then I'd like to know, you've been in real estate for almost 40 years? 40 years, over 40 years, yeah. So like, have you seen, obviously, lots of change throughout the... Have I seen change? Yes. Well, I will tell you that, you know, the first office I worked for uh, worked at, which was McGirt and Company. It was a local kind of a boutique company in that they were quality. And boutique to me, I don't like to say boutique means high end. It means more quality. You know, they're, they're quality. And so I started with them 
And at that time, we had MLS books. We didn't have them on a computer that you could look up a listing like this. You know, they would come out and these books would come out once a month. So they were all old. And then I remember when the first facts came across and I was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. Look at that on this, uh, that crazy slippery paper, you know. And um, so, I mean, I have seen so many changes. So the MLS, then everything started transitioning to to the computer. And then, but print ads were still very important, you know, to get, get the word out. Print ads, mail outs, door to door. I started door to door is how I started introducing myself to people. And now today, it's social media, mm-hmm. it's Google ads, it's where you rate on Google. You can pull up, you know, you can Google an agent in the woodlands, say the top agent in the woodlands, and you will not get the top agent in the woodlands. You will get whomever is the best on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to get my head wrapped around that. And mm-hmm. all my, my handlers, as I call them, are like, you've got to do more YouTube videos. you got to do this, you got to do that. <laughs> so I'm trying. I'm really trying. But I've got kind of my hands full right now. Yeah, So, but yeah, it's, oh, it has changed immensely. And, and to the good or the bad, you know, I mean, of course, it's so much easier. Yeah. I had one of the first cell phones, and it was, we used to have to stop and use a pay phone, you know, to make appointments and everything, because now you make appointments online. Mm-hmm. You didn't back then. And so this, it looked like a brick, literally. It was such a big thing. So when I forgot that first, um, first cell phone, it was hysterical. And now, of course, they're so tiny, and they do everything, and you can run your business off of your phone. So, mm-hmm. I mean... The changes that have been in the real estate industry have been in everything. Yeah. And you, as someone who's grown up with, you know, social media and all this, in my opinion, it's good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it has some bad aspects to it, too, that is sometimes too much. And it's hard on children. And, and this COVID thing has been so hard on you guys. And more you all than us. And um, the changes in the world. I mean, I was a little girl. And even when my kids were little. They'd go out in the woods and play. Yeah. I don't know if you can go out in the woods and play today without being a little concerned because everybody's going to know where you are, maybe. Yeah. It's just, it's hard. And uh, But the changes in real estate have been mostly for the for the better, for the better. But yeah, it's been a huge change since those early days of MLS books and faxes coming across. And we've had a website, though. We set up a website in the, in the early 90s. So we have had a website for quite a while because a lot of that came on too, you know. But now we've got our website, corporate's website, international websites. I mean, it's just crazy. Crazy though. And then like how long, whenever you started your real estate, like how long before that were you working for another company? I had never really worked for anybody except raised four children when we moved here. So, but I'd done a lot of volunteer work and that kind of prepared me. You know, you ask people when you're work, doing volunteer work for charities, you're asking people to donate. So in real estate, you're asking people to trust you to to donate to donate you their money to sell their houses and stuff. So it was my first attempt, and and I was just very ambitious. And I told all the older realtors that were there that I was going to be. I'm like, I'm going to be number one in a year or two, and I'm sure they hated me, but they had never had to. They were they were older. I was young when I was starting with real estate. And so they had never had to work very hard because yeah. real estate was easy. And uh, so after the second year when I was number one with that company, it was Merrill Lynch by that time. Um, they were like, how did you do that, really? Tell me how you did that. I'll be interested in knowing. I'm like, well, you go out, you walk the streets, you hand out your card, you get to know the people. 
And today that's still important. Mm -hmm. And people forget that, you know, it's like social media is great, but there's nothing like, you know, being in a room and, and work in the room and going around and meeting people and talking to people. And that's how you're going to always get more business is personally. And we, we kind of lose that touch a little bit, but yeah, it's super like the integration, like social media. Oh yes. Yes. It's so hard, but yes, you're right. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like that's like a great, you know, for well being to you know, it's just like you bringing people together, like face to face and not always just. That Leeds has been a great place for me to meet the neighbors, you know, mm -hmm. to meet the neighbors in the neighborhood. And everybody's been so sweet. And even the little vets I told you about, mm -hmm. he called me the other day. He's like, I got you a client. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I wonder what he's got. Well, he did. He asked me this great client. I'm like, thank you, Neil. <laughs> you know, and so it's that's been fun, too. And did get to. I don't ever get to see my past clients yeah. that much, but if they come to the coffee house, then we can have a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. So it's it's been, it's more of a blessing than a curse. Mm -hmm. But at first, if you'd asked me that in the first year, yeah. I would have told you that it was, it was not great. <laughs> it, was, it was not great. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, 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 uh, nothing's worth doing if it's not, what is it they say? If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Well, it almost killed me. I was in the hospital literally for two weeks right after afterwards because there were staffing issues and everything was happening. So it didn't kill me. <laughs> so it was made me stronger. So I just went right on trying to trying to beat the odds. Mm -hmm. And learning from it. Yeah, definitely learning from it. And learning a lot about people. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other thing you learn. There's a lot of unhappiness in the world today. And, you know, sometimes people will send a terrible review and this place is great. It doesn't deserve a bad review, you know, and, but not, it happens like one in a thousand times. And you wonder like, why are you so mean? There's so many, I mean, the world just needs to be kinder. Mm -hmm. We're all in the same boat and we all need to just, whether you're conservative or a liberal, mm -hmm. I don't care. Let's live together. Yeah. And we're finding that to be very difficult these days. Lots of negativity, especially, you know. Uh, like earlier, like social media, it's just such an easy way to. Oh, it's terrible. I've seen I've seen some things on social media that are like, oh my god, how did they say that? You know, <laughs> I say that about people. And uh, my one of my agents has started a little. It's just a little. I don't know what she calls it. It's not a podcast or anything, but it's uh, going to my husband Bob, who's totally opposite me. He's not an outgoing person, but <laughs> she calls it interview with Broker Bob, and he has just. What's a word of wisdom from you today, Broker Bob? You know, she'll ask him. And this last week, it was funny. I heard him. He's like, just quit being so negative with everybody. That was his word of advice. I thought, well, that was good. One week, it was be sure and close the toilet lid. That was his word of advice. <laughs> Do not leave your toilet lids open. Close your toilet lids. Oh, my God. So that was his, you know, but he truly believes that. So, and he does get tired of neg negativity. And I get negative myself sometimes, too. I'm usually... I'm usually very positive. My brother's the opposite. He's very negative, but I'm very positive. I got my father's mm -hmm. uh, positivity. You have to be on the positivity train. Whenever our family gets down, my son's the big one that says, come on, let's get on the positivity train. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and it always breaks the ice and everybody's funny. Yeah, sometimes it's nice just having a simple piece of advice, you know, just like straight, you know, just, just to the point, right? Quit being negative. It's, it's, not, it's not rewarding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is. That's good. And so her little tidbit with Broker Bob has become kind of popular. He got like 1,500 views the other day. I <laughs> know, it's so funny. So anyways, but this is a fun business.
And so it's good, you know, seeing it expand as well, you know, to other parts. And It's going to be a fun trip. And I've got, you know, I, I've got um, my son-in-law, who's our attorney for the company. He's like, now, you know, you can't get out of this contract. And I'm like, if I die, I do. I said, because with 10 years with me is like, okay, you know, if, if, if I make it 10 years, then I'm blessed, really. But no, I plan on making it at least 30 years. So, yeah. like I said, I'm going to live to be 100. So, and just, just so I can terrify my children. <laughs> I think it's great that, you know, having like your, your son, son-in-law as the attorney and your daughter as like t- and leaving that legacy. Yes. My granddaughter. Yeah. My granddaughter, Grace, she's been with me for three summers mm. as uh, an intern and have been mentoring her. So yes, Grace will be here and I'm so excited about that. And um, she'll be the, as I said, the new, new face of uh, Ferrister, Corcoran Ferrister. Mm-hmm. Now we're trying to get used to saying this. Seems, yeah. When we answer the phone, it's like, Beth Ferrister, uh, corporate Ferrister. It's kind of a mouthful to get out. But, but yeah, it's a great, I'm getting better. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. They've got great ads. We've had ads in all the magazines and we've got a billboard on 45. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's really good. And then, um, you know, are there any other, Questions that I haven't covered yet that you feel like I can't think of any. I just, um, you know, like I said, I think that you, you children, you're not a child, but you young people are, are hope for the future. And, you know, I would ask you, you know, what can we do to help the children of today grow up in a, a in a way that they are going to be able to be the great future. We want a great future for you guys. And so what is it that more adults need to do to help you all? I mean, that's what I would say. That's what, that's the only thing I would say is let's all focus on, I mean, I've lived a great, I had the best of all the worlds. I got to see the old world and then I got to see the technical world, but you all haven't. And that's the part that I really worry about. So, you know, I just would say everybody just try to help for the future of our children, for the future of you and your children. In, in 50 years, where are you going to be, you know? So hopefully something really good and fun and somebody's going to be interviewing you yeah. as a successful influence or influence in the community. Yeah. Yeah, I think just like, you know, simpling things down and like, you know, simplifying it and just keeping it, you know, just as, to the, like you said, to the point, sometimes it's all anyone like needs Yes, just trying trying to, yes. Well, good for you. Well, people like, you know, people like you are the ones that are going to make it a great world. So it's a pleasure. Well, it's a pleasure having you. I'm so honored that you asked me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Art of Real Estate. Don't forget to follow at Beth Ferrister on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to The Art of Real Estate on Apple Podcasts.